Yo, 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 what's good, Addicts Gang? And welcome to the Week 2 Fantasy Football Recap. Um, it's Frank here. I'm going to bring you everything you need to know from uh, all the football games that have happened in Week 2, um, all the updates basically you'll need to, you know, dominate your fantasy leagues, all the waiver wire additions, all of the takeaways from each game. I'm going to go through, um, try and, you know, quickly piece together exactly what's happened in week two, um, all the big news, injuries, whatever it might be, and get you ready for week three. Um, To update the listeners, as I said in the previous episode, I knew that my fantasy team was going to bounce back, and we beat Wheels this week pretty comprehensively, never in doubt. Um, so very happy to be back in the winners' column in that league. Um, Continue to win some other leagues as well. So pretty good week overall, to be honest. So I'm very happy to, uh, moving forward with my teams. Um, before we do get stuck into the recaps, I want to make sure that you guys are following the podcast on Twitter at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, always good content going out there on Twitter as well. Plenty of polls. Um, reach out to us, DM us, Instagram, Twitter, wherever it might be. Trades, start sits, whatever you need, we're here to help um, and get you guys the best information and so you can make the best decisions for your fantasy team. I won't waste too much more time. I'll get stuck into the week two matchups. Um, we'll start on Thursday night, and it was feels like an eternity ago now, um, but a really good, entertaining game between the Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings obviously spent a lot of time behind in this game. Um, they're already a very high-passing volume offense before the game script, but now, you know, being down, they threw the ball 44 times. Kirk Cousins, 364 yards, four touchdowns. If you had him in your lineup, you're very, very happy. Um, I was fortunate enough in a few leagues where, you know, Kirk Cousins is my quarterback, quarterback three. Um, so I didn't end up playing him. I ended up playing two ahead, but, you know, that these things happen. Um, but, yeah, it didn't impact the results. I was happy regardless. Kirk Cousins, dominating effort there. Um, Alexander Madison. There's a reason why he sat behind Dalvin Cook for God knows how many years. It's because he's not that good. I know the game script's not good for him. He only got eight carries. Only got 28 yards with those, you know, three and a half a carries. Not horrific, but it definitely isn't good. Um, didn't really get involved in the passing game enough. You know, three catches for 11 yards. Really disappointing fantasy day for him. Um, in what was a high-scoring game, you think at some point he falls into the end zone, um, but wasn't able to do it here. So you're pretty disappointed with what he gave you. Going forward, he's hard to trust in starting lineups. Um, again, he's going to be a volume player, though. They didn't involve any other running backs. So if that's any positive you can take away is that he was the only running back used. Justin Jefferson continues to do Justin Jefferson things. 11 catches, 159 yards. Um, He's going to be awesome. Keep him there in your lineups. He's locked and loaded. Wide receiver one in fantasy football. Um, Jordan Addison continued to impress. Uh, Keeps his touchdown streak going. Now he's got two in his first two career games. So really promising start for his career. Had three catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. Um, That long touchdown uh, catch was really good. Beautifully thrown ball by Kirk Cousins, and then he was able to make the play after the catch to get into the end zone. TJ Hawkinson was absolutely dominant. Two touchdowns, seven catches, 66 yards. Really, um, you know, productive game from TJ Hawkinson. Continues to be, you know, arguably an elite tight end. Um, you can, you know, go as far as say he's not just that, you know, he's not just the tight end five, or he's up there with, you know, the likes of Mark Andrews, potentially probably not Travis Kelsey. I think there is a significant tier there still. Um, but he's as good as it gets at the tight end position. Um, lock him in every single week into your starting lineup. KJ Osborne managed to get into the end zone as well um, for whatever reason in deep, really deep leagues that you need to play KJ Osborne. You did get the touchdown this week, so you're very happy there. Um, but overall, the Eagles, the Eagles, 
pretty much led this game from start to finish. The Vikings um, spent a lot of time trying to play catch-up. Um, and But, though, you know, you're able to get a good fantasy day out of it. Pretty much everyone except for, like, Alexander Madison um, that was fantasy relevant had a really good game, um, except for, you know, A.J. Brown as well and Dallas Goddard were pretty quiet. But the rest of them, all the you know, the DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, Kirk Cousins, all TJ Hawkinson, all had really, really good fantasy days. Um, so Jalen Hurts, he had 193 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. That interception was disgusting. It's a terrible throw by uh, Jalen, but, you know, we'll forgive him. We love Jalen. Um, he did also get 12 carries on the ground for 35 yards, but the most important thing is he punched in two touchdowns on the goal line. You just can't stop the quarterback sneak of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's too good. You know, have you guys, have you heard that Jalen Hurts squats a lot? Like, have you seen the clips? I think I've seen that clip about 6,000 times. It's getting old. We just know he's good. We don't need to hear about it every time um, he has a, qu- a quarterback run for a touchdown. I'm sick of it. Um, but speaking of someone that is incredibly productive and was in this game, DeAndre Swift, 175 yards, one touchdown, had 28 carries to Boston Scott's five and Rashad Penny's three. We obviously didn't have Kenny Gainwell in this game. Um, you know, his status is still up in the air for next week. But DeAndre Swift, given the opportunity, and boy, did he take the ball by the horns, um, looks to be their lead back going forward. I mean, um, Kenny Gainwell didn't do anything special. He just got a lot of volume last week. So you would imagine that at least DeAndre Swift becomes, you know, that's a 50-50 split at a minimum for DeAndre Swift after this game. So he's someone I'm putting back into my lineup. So I was very upset having him in quite a few places and didn't end up having him in any of my lineups, unfortunately. So um, hopefully this week coming, I can uh, get some production out of him. Devonta Smith continues to be arguably the wide receiver one uh, in Philadelphia. Four catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. They couldn't cover this man. Um, He's insane. Really good. And shout out Andrew. I know he keeps bringing it up that he's the best college wide receiver of all time. And, you know, continues to get better at the NFL level as well. So I think... Yeah, we're seeing the very best of Devontae Smith. AJ Brown, like I mentioned earlier, very disappointing fantasy season to start with. I think his time will come, and there is there are better days ahead for AJ Brown. But just four catches for 29 yards, you'd be very, very disappointed. Um, Dallas got had six for 22, so the yardage was very low, um, but did have six catches. So if you're playing in a tight end premium league, he didn't you know let you down too much. Um, DeAndre Swift, three catches, six yards as well. So you're getting a few extra points for the catches there. Um, but overall, really entertaining game. It was a good way to start the week. Um, I'll just go on to the next game we had. So this is the, uh, I'll call it the 3 a.m. slate um, if you're in Australia like myself or, you know, the early window as they call it at red during red zone. Um, we had the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Baltimore Ravens and the Bengals just continue to look really poor, to be honest. The offense can't really get anything going. The Baltimore Ravens controlled a lot of this game. Um the Bengals realistically needed their defense to step up and make a big play to win this game, and they couldn't because Lamar Jackson's good and the Baltimore Ravens are a good football team. Um, they didn't really give them those opportunities to try and take the game away, um, and the offense couldn't get enough going to uh, really you know, take over this game. Joe Burrow had 222 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Doesn't sound terrible, but when you throw the ball 41 times into Joe Burrow and you're playing from behind... Um, not an ideal situation um, for the Bengals. And now that he's had that calf flare-up, he's questionable for the game this week. 
I don't see how it gets any better for these Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, really tough matchup coming up as well. Um, remains to be seen how, you know, how much of an impact this injury is going to have on Joe Burrow, whether it's going to keep him out or whether it's going to keep him out for multiple weeks. Um, so definitely keep an eye on the headlines of what's going to be going on this week at practice. Um, as far as the run game continues to go, Joe Mixon had 13 carries for 59 yards. So he went at four and a half yards carry. Um, no touchdowns, but he did catch four balls for 36 yards. Salvage his fantasy day. He's going to give you, you know, 10 fantasy points based purely on volume alone. Gets involved in the passing game. Get He's getting all of the work in the run game. Chase Brown was the only other running back with a single carry for, one, for two yards. Um, so again... Really boring, really uninspiring stuff from Joe Mixon, but there is going to be weeks where he just falls into the end zone. Um, he's not someone's going to give you big plays. He's not going to reel off a 60-yard touchdown run. That's just not him at this point in his career. Um, but being in this, you know, what you think is going to be an improved offense moving forward, it can't get much worse than it is. Um, he'll fall into the end zone at some point this season, so there are better days ahead for Joe Mixon, but isn't killing you just yet. T. Higgins, after his goose egg in week one, um, you know, repaid the favour to owners, had eight catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd chimed in for six for 52. So in, in places where you had to play Tyler Boyd, you weren't too upset with what he was able to give you. Jamar Chase continues to disappoint, did have five catches, but only 31 yards. Just can't seem to get it going, um, whether it's... You know, whether it's the calf of, of Joe Burrow, um, whether it's just Jamar Chase being, you know, seeing different looks than what he's used to over the first two years of his career, um, remains to be seen whether, he, you know, when he'll get it back on track. But it is just a matter of when, not if. Jamar Chase is supremely talented. Um, and, you know, at the moment, it probably, as far as dynasty goes, as far as redraft goes, these first two weeks may give you um, a buying opportunity in a lot of leagues, especially dynasty leagues. Um, players like a Jamar Chase don't become available. So just the fact that a team may be willing to sell them, even at cost price, um, is an opportunity I think uh, fantasy fantasy managers should be taking um, at this stage. I'll move on to the Ravens side of the ball. We had Lamar Jackson, had 237 yards, two touchdowns, um, did a great job protecting the ball. Um, got involved in the run game, had 12 carries for 54 yards. Um, you know, didn't get a rushing touchdown, surprisingly. He normally sneaks one in for sure against these Bengals. Um, we did have Gus Edwards had 10 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Justice Hill, 11 carries, 41. I think the main thing to take away from that is Gus Edwards and Justice Hill pretty much had the exact same um rushing stat line as far as number of carries they were getting um, and then Justice Hill's obviously that third down running back so he did have three catches for 12 yards um, again both of them probably not great starts they play Indianapolis this week so I think Gus Edwards has a good opportunity to find the end zone again in that game just the way I feel that that game script's going to go um, so again Gus Edwards someone you can start um, and then if you're really desperate Justice Hill he's a low low end flex play as well um, both of these guys aren't someone you want to be relying on but if you do need to start them potentially if you lost Nick Chubb who we will get to if you've lost Saquon Barkley these two guys are potentially guys that got picked up last week you may have them on you know the back end of your rosters now and get him into your lineups against Indianapolis I think they have a good chance of finding the end zone and could be productive um, for your fantasy team um, we had a new leader in receiving and it wasn't Zay Flowers wasn't Odell Beckham Jr wasn't Rashad Bateman it wasn't Mark Andrews it was Nelson Aguilar for the Baltimore Ravens who had five catches 63 yards and a touchdown I don't expect that to continue but you know good for Nelson Aguilar um, Zay Flowers four catches 62 yards did get a single carry for six yards as well 
um, continues to impress. I think he's a really um, good player. I think um, his upside probably, you know, he probably doesn't have top 12 upside, but he's going to be a solid wide receiver too um, for fantasy this year, and hopefully he can continue to grow um, moving forward, at least from a dynasty uh, perspective. Mark Andrews, five catches, 45 yards, found the end zone. Good on Mark Andrews. Love having him back. I got him in a couple places um, in my league. So really good to have Marky Mark back, uh, scoring touchdowns, getting involved. Odell Beckham Jr., three for 29, and Rashad Bateman, three for 18. Clearly the, you know, the 2A, 2B to Zay Flowers being the one um, as far as this wide receiver room goes. I think that's shaken out very quickly. I think a lot of people are expecting Zay Flowers to eventually take over this wide receiver room, but it's happened very, very quickly. So props to Zay Flowers, Bateman and, and Odell, you can't start them. Um, you're just going to have to wait, you know, potentially if there's an injury later on down the road to, you know, any single one of them, then the other may become a little bit more relevant. But at the moment, you've got to keep them on your bench. Um, we had the Detroit Lions coming up short against the Seattle Seahawks. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the job done after beating Kansas City in week one, uh, beaten in overtime by a Seahawks team who gets off the mark. We would have been really disappointed with their week one performance. Uh, the Lions, though, did have another statistically good offensive um, game, as they continued to do. You know, back half of last year, they were next to elite um, offensively. Defense continues to let them down. It's sort of been a bit of the same story, um, at least in this game. Jared Goff had 323 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. David Montgomery, 16 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown, continues to be productive. Um, he did end up leaving this game... Uh, with an injury to his thigh. Um, he did say it was going to take him a couple of weeks to get back healthy, but then Dan Campbell's come out and said that he's day-to-day. Potentially, that's just David Montgomery saying, you know, it's going to be two to three weeks by the time I'm 100% healthy, but it may not impact his availability um, in the game. I think just as a precautionary, um, obviously, if he's playing and you've got no other better options, I think this, the potential of him scoring a touchdown is always going to be there in that offense. So you think you've got to get him into your lineups if he's active. Um, but I think you can upgrade Jameer Gibbs um, as far as the amount of touches he's going to get. He was out-carried 16-7 in this game, as well as being you know significantly out-carried in the last game as well. Um, but you'll have to upgrade Jameer Gibbs um, and downgrade David Montgomery. If he was to miss, Jameer Gibbs realistically becomes a top-12 play. Um, don't mean to sound dramatic, but he's going to get all the passing down work. He's going to get an increased role um, in the run game. And then also Craig Reynolds. Potentially someone that could be a flex play as well. If they don't, they, it becomes a, it's pretty apparently clear that they don't want to run Jameer Gibbs 20 times a game. So I don't even think they will do that, even if David Montgomery is out. Um, but just something to monitor as well. Armin Ra continues his good start to the season. Six catches for 102 yards. Didn't find the end zone this time because Josh Reynolds continues to dominate. Uh, the red zone, five catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns for Josh Reynolds. Um, if you were chasing points in from week one and you managed to play Josh Reynolds this week, props to you. Sam Laporta continues to impress, uh, impress me personally as well. Um, five catches, 63 yards. Um, Someone that's been given an opportunity from day one, especially at the tight end position, it's something that you don't see very often. And it's been really impressive to see him getting involved um, as heavily in the offense as he has um, just to start with. Cleef Raymond did find the end zone, had two catches for 46 yards. And Jameer Gibbs, like I said, gets all the passing down work, had seven catches for 39 yards. So in a PPR league, um, Jameer Gibbs is going to be um, next to an elite fantasy running back for you going forward. Um, as for the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith had a really good game, 328 yards, two touchdowns, and then they also were uh, able to get two touchdowns on the ground from Kenneth Walker. He had 17 carries, 43 yards. 
not efficient at all. Um, I was playing against Kenneth Walker in my main league against Wheels. Suck it, Wheels. You're a loser. Um, but he, he was awful. He wasn't good. Everyone was getting around him saying, oh, how good's Kenneth Walker? He's the man. Two and a half yards of carry against the Lions. He fell into the end zone twice. They got about eight penalties on the goal line to get like seven opportunities to punch it in and it took like eight attempts. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, good for Kenneth Walker. Good for you if you started him. He did get those two touchdowns. Um, Zach Charbonnet is the clear backup. It's not really a split between these guys at the moment. You know, he only had four carries for 16 yards just to spell Kenneth Walker. So I think, obviously, going forward, uh, Kay Walker is still going to be a good fantasy asset purely because he is the lead back in what's going to be a good offense moving forward as well. DK Metcalf, six catches, 75 yards. Surprisingly, didn't find the end zone in what was a high-scoring game, um, but he continues to be incredibly productive. Tyler Lockett, eight catches, 59 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, he is inevitable. He uh, never ages. He's going to be doing this for like three more years and everyone's going to ride him off and he's going to go out and have like a 900 to 1,000 yards and like seven touchdowns and be a wide receiver too. It's just what he does. Um, and he's continued to do that to start this season. Um, they did get the tight ends involved as well. They had four catches for 56 yards for Noel Fant. Uh, Noel Fant, Colby Parkinson had two for 41, Will Disley three for 35, and Jackson Smith and Jigba um, continues to build um, on what was a pretty quiet first week, um, but did have five catches, 34 yards, seems to be operating in that short yardage, um, over-the-middle over the type stuff um, for the Seattle Seahawks. Zach Charbonnet did have two catches, 14 yards as well, um, but nothing more to take away from that game. Good win by the Seahawks. Um, the next game I've got up on our list is... Texans-Colts, God, it was a gross game going into it. Um, you know, not something I was incredibly looking forward to seeing and watching. Um, the CJ Stroud, although they weren't able to get the win, did show a bit of promise as far as um, his passing ability um, and getting multiple guys involved. They were playing catch-up this entire game. The Colts um, were controlling um, of this game. Defensively, they were really good as well, despite what the stats may show. Um this Colts defense was really good against the Texans, um, but CJ Stroud, 384 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, again, got his receivers involved. Nico Collins, seven catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. Shout out Nico Collins, currently the wide receiver seven in fantasy. Um, who would have thought if you had told me that starting the season, I probably would have fallen out of my chair. Um, Robert Woods, 6 for 74. Tank Dell, 7 for 72 and a touchdown. Again, massive amounts of volume. They threw the ball 47 times. So I don't expect these stat lines for these three guys to continue, but they are showing that they're, you know, feasible starts. They're low-end flex plays. Um, Potentially Robert Woods, someone that's less explosive, doesn't really have the kind of upside you may be shooting for in a flex spot, um, like Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Um, Dalton Schultz, 4 for 34. Brevin Jordan, 2 for 27. John Mechie in his first game back. Congrats to John Mechie. Had 1 for 17. Uh, Devin Singletary had a catch. Damian Pierce had two catches for four yards. Um, But this running back room, you can't trust them. You can't trust Damian Pierce. You can't trust Devin Singletary. You can't trust Daria Gumbawale. Um, they even got the fullback involved, Andy Beck. Um, although Damian Pierce did have 15 carries and out 
carried, you know, Devin Singletary by, you know, who only had four, and Agumba Wale had two. Um, he hasn't been efficient. The offensive line has worked poor, has been really poor, and the game scripts they're going to be facing don't allow him to get 20-plus carries, and I don't think this split is going to allow him to get 20-plus carries, and that's what you were relying on last year. You're also relying on him being involved in the passing game more, but it seems like they, they really like Dare in that role. Um, we saw last week Mike Boone was even involved as well, so they have no problem rolling out three or even four running backs. Um and this piece, this pie is being split between three or four running backs, and the pie is small. It's not a good offense. They don't run the ball an extreme amount of times because they, you know, threw the ball forty-seven times with CJ Stroud. They're happy to see what they have in the rookie and let him um, control the offense. So again, someone you got to be downgrading in your rankings. I don't want to be starting Damian Pierce on a regular basis, unfortunately. Um, the Colts, though, really good start. From Anthony Richardson before he was um, unfortunately taken out of the game due to a concussion. Saw him hit his head. Hopefully that's not something we see reoccurring. We've seen obviously Tua Tagovailoa have issues with concussion. We don't like to see it, um, especially with our star players um, who was playing incredibly well. Um, was six for ten for fifty-six yards through the air. But again, it was what Anthony Richardson can do on the ground as a runner. Three for thirty-five, two touchdowns. Uh, they couldn't touch him. They honestly could not touch him. He looked really, really good. Um, hopefully, he's back next week and, you know, continues to be someone that you can put in your fantasy lineups. Um, you know, we thought there was going to be a bit of a growth period with Anthony Richardson where you wouldn't want to start him, but I think he's just got such an incredibly high floor um, with these rushing opportunities that they get, and they use him on the goal line as well. They use him in the red zone um, to get uh, with his wheels to get him involved. We'll mention, though, Gardner Minshew, 19-23, incredibly accurate, 171 yards and a touchdown. Controlled the game, got the job done. Um, exactly what you want out of your backup quarterback. So shout out Gardner Minshew. The rushing attack, though. Zach Moss did his very, very best. Christian McCaffrey impersonation had 18 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. Played every single running back snap. Not one other running back was involved. Deion Jackson. Man has been thrown away. He's in the bin. He doesn't. He doesn't even live in in Indianapolis anymore. He's just moved. I think he's in another country. Um, they told him, "Hey, mate, suit up, but you're not getting on the field. You're not playing." Um, so, unfortunately, Deion Jackson will not be seeing the field. It'll be the Zach Moss show going forward until Jonathan Taylor is back. Um, but again, with Zach Moss p- performing, do they not? You know, Jonathan Taylor getting back. They're gonna. They're gonna want to use him, but will. Jonathan Taylor want to go out there and, you know, get 20, 30 carries a game? No, he's not going to do that. They're going to get Zach Moss involved as well. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. Michael Pittman gave you another solid game after, you know, that explosive um, screen pass he took to the house last week. Gave you eight catches, 56 yards, so you were very happy with that. But they spread the ball around. Outside of Michael Pittman, they're pretty much going to get everyone else involved. Will Mallory, whoever that is, had 2 for 49. Josh Downs, 4 for 37. So nice showing for the rookie. Alec Pierce, 2 for 28. Zach Moss had four catches for 19 yards. Kylan Granson had three. Mo Ali Cox had another catch. And Zan McKenzie had another. So outside of Michael Pittman, there are no other pass catches I'm interested in Indianapolis. The next game we've got is 
the Buccaneers and the Bears. Shout out Baker Mayfield, man. What a guy. Um, just he, he makes me want to go play for the Bucs. 317 yards and a touchdown. Controlled the game from start to finish. Rashad White was really impressive again. Had 17 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. Continues to dominate snaps and continues to dominate the carries um, and receiving work for this offense. So Rashad White, someone who I was a little bit skeptical of. I thought potentially Sean Tucker and Chase Edmonds would be a bit more involved. Sean Tucker did have eight yards, uh, eight carries, but only gave you seven yards. So that's probably going to be, they'll probably dial back his usage now. So I think Rashad White's going to be someone that you're going to need to get into your lineups based on volume alone as well. Um, but someone who's got juice and continues to have juice is Mike Evans, man. Six for 171 yards and a touchdown. He's awesome. Um, I don't know why. Again, I'd had him downgraded. I didn't, you know, hate on Mike Evans. He just wasn't someone that I could bring myself drafting um, over and over again because you just see, you know, 30-year-old wide receiver in on paper, bad quarterback, bad offense, but he's just a good player. He's going to give you 1,000 yards, and he's going to give you like seven, eight touchdowns every single year. Someone just like Tyler Lockett wins very differently to Tyler Lockett. Um but again, just an incredibly good player and, you know, continues to show um, his worth and obviously he's up for a contract in the offseason. So he'll be playing his guts out to, you know, either, you know, prove to the Buccaneers that, hey, I want to be a buck for life, re-sign me, or I'm going to go elsewhere and I'm going to go win for this team. Um, Chris Godwin, wouldn't say a disappointing game, but I obviously had a high hope for Chris Godwin going into this year, but he gave you five for 58, so it didn't burn your fantasy team by any means. Kate Otten had 6 for 41. Nice game for him. But Rashad White um, had 5 for 30. And that's just invaluable as far as running backs go. Um, having someone that's going to get the vast majority carries and is getting all the receiving work out of the backfield. Um, there's not many of them in the NFL anymore. So having someone that's relatively low cost, um, especially coming out of your draft, um, getting this kind of workload is something you're very happy with. Someone you're not very happy with and Bears fans probably aren't very happy with. Justin Fields. I don't know what we what more there is to say about Justin Fields. He doesn't look like a good NFL quarterback. Um, he doesn't look as dangerous as what we saw last year. This this game only only four carries. I mean, they spent a lot of this game down. They threw the ball twenty nine times for that for the Bears. That's a lot, but they just couldn't stay on the field. Couldn't string together first downs. So they weren't getting massive opportunities. They weren't putting together long drives. They weren't wearing out defenses. So you didn't have. Justin Fields being able to outrun players or get opportunities in the open field. Buccaneers played them really well. I um, But he had 211 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions. Again, turned the ball over. That The interception at the end of the game where he's throwing that screen pass and it's just gone back to the house about five yards. Um, again, just not something you can get away with in the NFL. You're going to lose games if you perform like that. Um, Khalil Herbert did have 7 for 35. Roshan Johnson, 4 for 32. These two backs look like they're going to be the ones involved. I think um, Dante Foreman has looks like he's been phased out. Roshan Johnson had a couple catches, and Khalil Herbert had a catch for 23 yards. I think those two are going to split time. Potentially, Roshan Johnson being the rookie that had you know, a little bit of draft capital, being a fourth-round pick. Could start to take over this backfield. He's someone I'm keeping an eye on. Um, if you have a spare roster spot, pick him up. Um, I know people that have him in Dynasty would be very excited to you know see him grow into a role, um, but both aren't really startable assets. DJ Moore um, was good for fantasy. He gave you six for 104. Cole Komet gave you four for 38. Chase Claypool, three for 36 and a touchdown after all the hate he copped on social media. Um, did get a touchdown as well. It was the first one of the game. Um, but again, after that, they really couldn't get anything going, the Chicago Bears. 
All right, next game we have is... Apologies for the delay. It is the Chiefs and the Jags. So a game that we thought was going to be high scoring and it turns out it was just relatively boring. No team could really get anything going. Patrick Mahomes just doing what Patrick Mahomes does and wins fantasy games. Um, Trevor Lawrence, 22 of 41, 216 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Travis Etienne, 12 for 40, couldn't really get anything going on the ground. Dionis Johnson had one carry for eight yards. Tank Bigsby, zero carries. Now, let me repeat myself. Zero carries, and he had zero catches. Tank Bigsby is the backup. Dionis Johnson is the backup. This is Travis Etienne's backfield, uh, and it will continue to be that way um, until the coaching staff say any reason to move away from what is an incredibly talented running back who's a first-round pick um, by this team. They're going to stick with Travis Etienne, I think. The Tank Bigsby hype got way out of hand. Um, and it was saying it going into the season. Joel, I know you really love Tank Bigsby and you were hoping that Travis Etienne was going to be in a timeshare. It's just not the case, mate. Um, Christian Kirk bounced back in a big way. Did get 11 catches, 110 yards, um, and Calvin really took a backseat to Christian Kirk, two for 32. So I think both these guys sort of came back to reality on both extremes. We saw Christian Kirk, you know, Realistically, he's not going to be a guy that has 11 catches for 110 yards every week. He's going to be a 5-6 catch guy for 60, 70 yards. Um, and Calvin Ridley, you know, was somewhere around there, potentially even better, um, just based on his profile. Um, but I think, yeah, Calvin Ridley hype got really out of hand coming into the season. Then when he dominated week one, it just compounded even further. Um, still, Calvin Ridley, someone that's going to bounce back, potentially someone you can buy as well. Um, Evan Ingram had 6.57, continues to be productive tight end, productive low-cost tight end, mind you, as well. Um, so if you do need um, a tight end, go and buy Evan Ingram. Continues to be the guy um, as far as that tight end room goes. Patrick Mahomes had a good game, not a great game. 305 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Isaiah Pacheco led the backfield pretty comprehensively, to be honest. Had 12 carries with 70 yards. Continues to just not score touchdowns. They just get far too creative on the goal line. Um, getting all of their players involved. Travis Kelsey back in the scorers column, back into the lineup as well. He had four catches, 26 yards. So relatively quiet, but did get into the end zone and had a good fantasy day. Sky Moore, three catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. Again, no one was playing Sky Moore after the week one performance, so you missed out on the touchdown this week. Again, Justin Watson, three for 62. Noah Gray, three for 38. Kadarius Tony, five for 35. Jerick McKinnon, three for 24. Rayshie Rice, two for 20. Clyde with Alaire, two for 17. And MVS, two for 13. If that doesn't prove that you can't trust any Chiefs pass catcher except for Travis Kelsey, I don't know what does. Um, I think that explains it perfectly. You can't put any of those other guys in your lineups. Um, you're just going to have to accept that it's the Travis Kelsey show and, and move on. I know it's Patrick Mahomes, and I know there is that baked-in upside because of how good he is, but it's just not how they're going to be operating that offense. The Falcons and the Green Bay Packers, an entertaining game in the end. And, you know, the Packers realistically blew a 12-point fourth-quarter lead. Um, couldn't get the job done. Um, even when they hit, when the Falcons hit the lead and they gave Green Bay a lead, I remember messaging the chat saying, it's going to be another Green Bay quarterback making a fourth-quarter comeback and they were going to go down the field. Um, they just couldn't get it done. Um, unfortunately, the stats are going to look good for Jordan Love, but... You know, realistically, they lost this game, and it's the offense's fault. Um, Desmond Ritter, 237 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Again, very pedestrian effort. Um, but they did get their running backs heavily involved, and 
it was a positive to see B. John Robinson getting more touches than Tyler Elegia. Um, reality has set in. We had Tyler Elegia had 16 carries, 48 yards, 3 yards a carry. Then you had B. John Robinson, 19 carries, 124 yards, 6.5 a carry. That tells the story. He's two times better than Tyler Elegia, and that may even be an understatement. Uh, B. John Robinson is an incredible football player and will continue to be an elite fantasy option moving forward. Drake London, someone who was absolutely awful in week one, um, is back in the scorers column. Had six catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. If you're in a dynasty league and you manage to play him just because he is the wide receivers that you have, then you're very happy um, to see him get back into the scorers column. Bijan Robinson, 4 for 48. Johnny Smith had 4 for 47. Mac Hollins, 3 for 60. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, man. This guy, supremely talented. I. I need to believe that he's supremely talented because we hadn't seen a prospect like him at the tight end position. Um, but he continues to be disappointing. This offense can't sustain Kyle Pitts, and I, you can't start him. Like At what point do you just go pick up Zach Ertz and put him in your lineup ahead of him? Because it's just not realistic for Kyle Pitts to be putting up fantasy numbers. Jordan Love, 151 yards, three touchdowns, 14 to 25. So very low passing volume. Did get the three touchdowns, so you're happy with the fantasy day. Um, but this offense did struggle at times, especially in the second half. Uh, so not second half, in the last quarter, realistically. Um, wasn't able to get the job done. Wasn't able to make enough first downs. They really, really missed Aaron Jones this week. AJ Dillon continued to be incredibly average, even arguably below average. He's such a physical specimen of a person when you look at him but then he just run, doesn't run with that power he doesn't run with that athleticism he just you know goes down at first contact you know you're on the you need one yard to get a first down and he just doesn't get there for you it's why do you have this guy if he, that's not what he's going to be able to give you 15 carries 55 yards 3.7 carry again AJ Dillon pedestrian Jordan Love had two for 23 on the ground as well they got Emmanuel Wilson the ball three times for five yards couldn't really get anything going the pass catches, again, only 151 yards from Jordan Love, and I think that's what I queried early on in the offseason is there's going to be weeks where they only throw the ball for 200 yards, and there's a lot of mouths to feed, but there's no dominant number one. Potentially, that's Christian Watson when he comes back, but at this stage, it's really just a split between you know a really small amount of passing volume. We had um, Dontavian Wicks. I think I nailed Don, Dontavian. I think I nailed that. Go me. Um, he had two catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, no one was playing him. You weren't going to pick that. Jaden Reed, though, did have four for 37 and two touchdowns. Um, so he was, you know, on the receiving end of a cut on two of Jordan Love's three touchdowns. I mean, don't think there was many people that predicted Jaden Reed to have two touchdowns and put him in their lineup. So, again, that doesn't help you out. Romeo Dobbs, potentially people had them in lineups. Gave you, only gave you two for 30. Luke Musgrave, two for, tw- tw- for 25. Looks like he's going to be a good tight end moving forward. AJ Dillon, one for eight. I mean... You're not getting, um, you know, you're not getting fancy points out of these pass catches. Um, you may see when Christian Watson comes back, he may take a lead um, as far as the receiving game goes. But until then, we really don't know. Um, the next game we've got up, the Bills absolutely battered the Raiders, um, which someone who's a Broncos fan seeing this Raiders team beat us last week and then seeing what the Bills did to them um, does not give me much hope for the season whatsoever. Um, Josh Allen was dominant. 274 yards, three touchdowns, 31 of 37, um, and then also gave well, gave him three carries for seven yards. I mean, could have been far worse. Normally, you get seven yards a carry, realistically. Um, the running back room, though, 
James Cook, 17 carries, 123 yards. Was incredibly good. Um, was efficient, was shifty. Even for a small back, he was, you know, being physical. You had a lot of physical runs um, for a smaller guy. But we did see Damian Harris and Latavius Murray getting use on the goal line. That's Damian Harris had 7 for 31 and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, 6 for 22 and a touchdown. We saw them out-carry James Cook in the red zone. We saw them out-carry carry James Cook on the goal line as well. So something to note, um, if you play in a standard league, potentially James Cook's appeal is far less than what it might be in a PPR league because he was heavily involved in the passing game, did have four catches for 36 yards. But they are going to continue to lose use Damian Harris and Latavius Murray on the goal line because... Those guys realistically have been efficient goal line runners their entire career. They've done this for a long time, and they can be trusted. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to have ball security issues as well. Um, so again, these guys are, you know, seasoned veterans on the goal line. So this may be something they continue to do. Gabe Davis had a really good game, six for ninety-two and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs seven for sixty-six. You're pretty happy with the results. Dalton Kincaid five for forty-three. Much like Sam Laporta, has been really impressive as a rookie to start his um, twenty twenty-three campaign. Um, especially especially with his draft profile as well, going in the first round. I think if you took Dalton Kincaid um, in your dynasty leagues as well, you're really excited from what you're seeing from him so far. And he is splitting time with Dawson Knox, who had three for 10. Um, but again, just looks much more uh, explosive and dynamic than Dawson Knox. Um, I think his role will continue to grow, especially with Josh Allen as he builds that trust. On the Raiders side of the ball, it was a terrible day for pretty much everyone involved except for Devontae Adams because he just continues to be elite no matter what. Win, lose, draw, quarterback, no quarterback. doesn't matter. Devontae Adams, open all day. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, 185 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Only threw the ball 24 times. They did try to establish the run, but again, you say, oh, if they've only thrown the ball 24 times, they must have been really heavy in the run. No, they just weren't getting first downs. They just couldn't stay on the field. Um, we had Zamir White take four carries for 22 yards late in the game, but realistically, it was Josh Jacobs that he's going to lead this backfield still. Despite that, nine carries minus two yards. Bottled, could not get anything going. He did salvage some of his fantasy day by getting five catches for 51 yards. Again, really, really disappointing start to the fantasy season for Josh Jacobs. I think there will be better days ahead. He's the undisputed running back one there. Um, so again, don't panic on Josh Jacobs. Hunter Renfro, one catch, 23 yards. Austin Hooper, two for 20. Um, and then a couple of catches, a catch each for Amir Abdullah and Michael Mayer. For people that were taking Michael Mayer ahead of Sam Laporta, you're pretty upset right now. Um, I think both of them are very similar, you know, level of prospect. Um, so, you know, you're trying to split hairs between the two. And sometimes fantasy football is like that. We just end up with the short end of the stick, sadly. Um the Tennessee Titans getting into the win column. They looked like arguably one of the worst teams in football, um, but then were able to come out and beat the Chargers, who now fall to 0-2. Um, they're able to win in overtime with a field goal. Ryan Tannehill, 20 of 24, 246 yards and a touchdown, did his part. Um, Derrick Henry continued to be heavily involved, had 25 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Not efficient, but was able to get the job done, fall into the end zone. Good work for Derrick and Derrick Henry owners. Tajay Spears looked nice, though. Did have eight carries for 49 yards, continued to play a lot of snaps. He is the passing down back. If they want to throw, he's in there. If they want to run, it's Derrick Henry, um, realistically. So... Again, someone to keep on your radar, Tajay Spears. If anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, I think Tajay Spears, 
arguably falls into, you know, a low-end running back one position. So for someone that has had some injury history recently, Tajay Spears must be rostered in all leagues, if that's not apparently clear yet. Ryan Tannehill did have a carry for 12 yards and when he got into the end zone. So really good work by Ryan Tannehill. Did give you a decent fantasy day. Traylon Burks uh, led the team in receiving with three catches of 76 yards, was able to make that um, big catch. Uh, I think it was probably about 40 or 50 yards. So good work to Traylon Burks, just starting to you know build um, hopefully a solid second-year campaign. Chris Moore had a long catch for 49 yards. D-Hop, um, four for 40. Did look hampered by that ankle that forced him to miss practice all week, but did play. Continues to do that. DeAndre Hopkins, I swear, man never practices and just plays. Um, but did have 440. I was able to keep him out of my lineup, so I was very happy that, you know, didn't blow up in my face, but also didn't look terrible. Uh, Chiga Conquo had four for 35. Nick Westbrook, Akeen, three for 25. And Derrick Henry had three catches, 15 yards. And Tajay Spears, two for six. The Chargers, though. You're going to look at this, the numbers for their, you know, main weapons, and you're going to think, and their main fantasy piece, and think, oh, they've had a great day. But... They only scored 24 points, and they lose the football game. So it's not good enough from Justin Herbert. He's a profound loser. He just loves losing, can't win, no ice in his veins. He's not clutch. He just puts up numbers, and he's good for your fantasy team. That's all he is. 305 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, had a good fantasy day. It was Keenan Allen who caught both of those touchdowns. He continues to be an elite fantasy option. He was a wide receiver three um, when he got back from that hamstring injury last year. I copped a lot of hate from, uh, you know, the community, from people in my leagues about Keenan Allen, how he's old, he's washed, he's injury prone. He's the man. He's the undisputed wide receiver one in Los Angeles. I don't want to hear this Mike Williams talk. I don't want to hear this talk about Quentin Johnston. It's Keenan Allen and then everyone else. Um, had eight catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Williams had a really good day too, eight for 83. Gerald Everett, four for 47. Um, and then it was Josh Palmer, three for 13. And Elijah Dotson had a couple catches as well. Um, speaking of Elijah Dotson, did get involved in the running game. Had four carries for six yards. Isaiah Spiller had a single carry for three yards, but it was Josh Kelly who took a bulk of the work in Austin Eckler's uh, absence. Only had 39 yards on 13 carries. The Tennessee Titans' run defense continues to be a really good unit and looks like it's going to be a a tough unit to go up against moving forward um, despite, you know, some poor game scripts that they may be in um, as a result of their offense being, you know, lackluster, but they were able to get the job done against the Chargers. The Rams and Niners, really entertaining game. Um, the Niners look like arguably the best team in football. Um, basically, continue to just be methodical. The offense holds the ball for an incredibly long time. They allow, they get in leads, which allow their pass rushes to get to the quarterback. They're able to tee off. They're able to sit back in coverage. Then there's far less threat of the run game against them um, because of the positions that the offense puts them in. Um, so Brock Purdy, 206 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions through the air, but was able to punch one in right before halftime um, for a touchdown as well. So give you a decent fantasy day, nothing crazy. Um, you know, someone who I streamed in a couple spots and I was able to get some nice production out of. Christian McCaffrey continues to be the man. 20 carries. 116 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 5 for 38. Got into the end zone. Debo loves eating touchdowns. He's awesome. Um, also had six catches for 63 yards. 
Yuan Jennings, 2 for 51. Brennan Ayuk came back down to earth, unfortunately, with 3 for 43. George Kittle, 3 for 30. He's had a pretty disappointing start to the season. Um, but with the way that the tight end landscape is, you continue to play George Kittle. Um, he's incredibly talented. Um, it just is what it is at this point. Christian McCaffrey, 3 for 19 as well. Over to the Rams side of the ball, unfortunately... Uh, Matthew Stafford wasn't able to get the job done. I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan, kind of around this Rams team. Um, they're fun to watch. They threw the ball 55 times uh, for 34 completions, 307 yards, one touchdown. Unfortunately, Matthew Stafford threw the ball away twice. Um, probably the difference in the game in the end, you know, losing by a possession. And, you know, shout out McVay for taking that field goal at the end. I think Vegas was a... Very happy or very upset. I don't know. Depends which way the betting was going. Um, but, yeah, very interesting that he took that field goal right as time expired to uh, hit the line. Kyron Williams continued to be the work uh, workhorse back in this backfield. Um, with the news of Cam Akers being, you know, away from the team, potentially traded, um, exiled, kicked out of the building, um, homeless, he's been kicked out of LA, he's been extradited to another country, at this point, uh, Kyron Williams had 14 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Then also gave you six for 48 and a touchdown through the air. Workhorse running back. Um, you have to play him purely based on volume alone, and they're in a good offense. And the McVay running backs are always good. We saw Darrell Henderson have good stretches. Cam Akers, great stretches. Um, obviously, Todd Gurley some time ago. Um, he's obviously not on that level, but McVay running backs are going to be productive. But to this wide receiver room, I'm going to leave the very best for last. 2-2 out, we'll add 7 for 77. Really good game from him. Now he's put together two great weeks in Cooper Cup's absence. Tyler Higby, 3 for 12. Um, ben Skronik, 1 for 10. Van Jefferson, 1 for 9. So Van Jefferson, dead. Uh, Tyler Higby, not good. Surprise, surprise. 2-2 at will. Um, showing good signs, especially for a second-year player as well. But none other than Puka Nakua. He is he I think we have to just wake up and say he's a really, really good football player. Fifteen catches, hundred and forty seven yards. Someone that you can't keep out of your lineup. So you have to be playing Puka Nakua until Cooper Cup comes back. And even when he's back, I think you still have to play him because the volume in this offense is incredible. Cooper Cup's gonna command double digit targets and Puka Nakua's gonna demand the best part of double digit touch uh, double digit targets. It's gonna be, you know, Cooper Cup. 1A and then Puka Nakua 1B at this point. Um, I don't think that's going to be exactly how it'll go, but he's still going to be good. I still think he's going to be good when Cooper Cup comes back. Um, And at this stage, he's a 22-year-old rookie wide receiver that's leading the league in receiving, leading the league in catches. Um, He's a fantastic player. Um, Someone that if you still can buy them in a dynasty league for a second-round pick, I think it's worth the risk. I've been willing to throw away a second-round pick just for the chance that Puka Nakua is who he has been over the first two weeks, I think it's worth the bet. Um, I know I've seen leagues where he's been traded for a first-round pick. If you have Puka Nakua and you, you know, you are in need of draft capital, I can understand you sending him away for a first-round pick, but I'm not sending him away for a second. I'm not sending him away for two seconds or a second or a third. It's not happening. I need a first-round pick for Puka, or he's staying on my roster and I'm seeing what I have moving forward. Um, because this is an unprecedented unprecedented start to a career. So shout-out, Puka. Um, the next game we've got up is going to be... 
the next one along is Cardinals Giants. God, what a roller coaster this game was. Looked like it was going to be an absolute cakewalk for the Arizona Cardinals until the Giants decided to come back or the Cardinals decided to tank, whatever it might be. Um, Josh Dobbs had a nice game to start, but then couldn't get anything going um, realistically in the second quarter, second half. Um, had 228 yards and a touchdown, then also had 3 for 41 on the ground and a touchdown. Um, James Conner was dominant, dominated the backfield touches as well. 23 carries, 106 yards and a touchdown. Um, also caught how many balls? No, didn't catch any balls, actually. Correct me. Um, but then you also had Zach Ertz, 6 for 56. Michael Wilson, 3 for 56. Marquise Brown had a nice game, 6 for 54 and a touchdown. Trent Bride, 2 for 32. Rondell Moore, 1 for 14. Again, these pass catches. If I'm forced to play Marquise Brown, I will. I'm not happy about it. You're going to be trying to predict the games where he has a touchdown, and this team's not going to score many touchdowns. Um so wherever you can, try keep Marquise on your bench. Um, there are obviously going to be places where you need him in your lineup. So you've got to just understand and try and try and find the good matchups against, you know, realistically, he's probably going to be better against good teams that are going to go out to a 15, going to go out to a two or three touchdown lead on the Cardinals in the first half. And they're having to play catch up and throw the ball to Marquise. So try and, you know, pick your matchups where you can. Daniel Jones, though, looked Awful in the first half. Didn't score any points at all. Um, they went, you know, through six quarters with zero points this season. They were able to turn it around, though. Ended up winning um, this game. So, again, after all of that, after the beatdown in Dallas, after the, sorry, after the beatdown in Dallas, and then after the beatdown in the first half by the Arizona Cardinals, they were able to get back to one and one and it feels like everything is not as bad as it seems. Daniel Jones, 321 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, also gave you nine carries, 51 yards and a touchdown. Um, as far as the receiving options for the Giants goes, you can't really trust anyone outside of Darren Waller, who had six for 76. So you were happy with his production. Um, but everyone else, you can't really predict who's going to score the touchdown, whether it's Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, or this game it was Isaiah Hodgins, who had four for 40. Um, in the receiving game, he also had Saquon Barkley, six catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Then he also had 17 carries, 63 yards, and another touchdown on the ground. So had a monster fantasy day. But the news coming out of this game is that ankle injury that he sustained. Um, there has been a little bit of conflicting information that's come out about that ankle. Um, he looked incredibly upset coming off the field. It looked like it was going to be something far more serious um, than what it appears to be um, after the fact. But Saquon Barkley, reports came out that it was just minor ankle sprain. It's going to be a three-week injury. Um, but now it's come back to say that he's, his status for this for week three is uncertain. So there's potential that he may play, whether they're just saying that to try and keep uh, the opposition you know, guessing as far about as far as his availability goes. But at, at a max, it looks like it's going to be a three-week issue for Saquon Barkley. So has avoided a long-term injury, which is great. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, keep an eye on that. When he plays, you have to put him in your lineup. He's an elite fantasy option. Um, you know, you may get burnt on a week, so they bring him back in, and they don't really involve him as much as they normally do. Uh, but that's fantasy football, I think. This next game, the Dallas Cowboys look like arguably the most dominant team in football right now. This defense looks incredible. Dak Prescott looked much better than he did last week. Didn't really have to do anything last week. So to get him back um, into the you know the scoring column, if you got him in fantasy, had 255 yards, two touchdowns, 31 to 38. And then also had six carries for 14 yards. Tony Pollard saw a massive workload. I think this is something that... 
we didn't think we'd ever see from Tony Pollard. I didn't think I'd ever see a 25-carry game from Tony Pollard, you know, a 32-touch game from Tony Pollard just because you didn't think he was that kind of player, didn't have that kind of build. Um, the Cowboys don't care what you and I think about him. Um, had 72 yards, wasn't incredibly efficient on the ground, but, you know, gave you some good production. But did have seven catches for 37 yards through the air. C.D. Lamb was dominant, 11 catches, 143 yards. Jalen Tolbert had three catches. Rico had a catch. Deuce Vaughn had three. Jake Ferguson had three. Um, but nothing more else to report there, realistically. They got the tight ends involved. Jake Ferguson had a touchdown, and Luke Schoemaker got his first touchdown in the NFL as well. Um, so shout out those guys. On the Jets' side of the ball, Really, really disappointing, um, except for none other than Garrett Wilson, who had two catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. Saved your fantasy day with that great catch and run for a touchdown. Um, it's kind of one of those situations like this is what happens when good players get the football. They just make things happen. Um, going forward, I am worried about Garrett Wilson and this offense. Tyler Conklin, 5 for 50. Alan Lazard, 2 for 23. You continue to play Garrett Wilson um, just because he's supremely talented, but you're not super excited about it, to be honest, because Zach Wilson only completed 12 passes, 27 attempts, 170 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Honestly, really poor from Zach Wilson. Again, it could just be a product of this Cowboys defense who look like absolute world beaters. Through the on the ground though, Zach Wilson had five cat five rushes for thirty six yards. Brees Hall only four carries. Darvin Cook only four carries. Michael Carter had two carries. Like this is just it's almost a three headed backfield in an awful awful offense. Um, Brees Hall definitely needs to get more touches. Darvin Cook looks washed. Um, Brees Hall seemed like he voiced it a bit of his frustration um, at the end of the game and said it talked about how he. He only got four touches. Why couldn't the offense get going? He said, I only got four touches. That's why. And to someone who owns Brees Hall in a single league, I, I'm glad. I want to hear I want to hear him say that. And I want it, um, that message to be clear to the coaching staff. He wants the ball. Um, he's clearly the, you could argue, second best player behind Garrett Wilson. Um, he needs the ball more than four times. I don't think that's, that's inexcusable. I think regardless of where that injury is at right now, he seems to be 100% healthy. So get him the ball. Um, moving on to the next game, and I want to go through this quickly because I don't even like talking about it, but the Denver Broncos go down to the Washington Commanders at home by two points after they led the game 21-3. to Simple as that. Russell Wilson looked like he could do no wrong for the entire first half, um, had 308 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception, pretty much all of that production coming in the first half. Um, also had six carries, 56 yards. It gave you like 30 fantasy points in six-point passing touchdown league. So you were great. You are very happy with the result as far as your fantasy team, fantasy team goes. Um, the offense couldn't stop anyone. Uh, the defense couldn't stop anyone for the Denver Broncos, and the Washington Commanders were able to come back and take this win. Um, as far as the rushing game goes for the Denver Broncos, Javonte Williams dominated uh, snaps and dominated carries. Had 12 carries for 44 yards. Um, not incredibly efficient, but was still able to, you know, garner that production. Marvin Mims had two carries for 10 yards as well. Samaje and Jalen McLaughlin um, only had one carry each, so nothing really to worry about there. It is, seems like it is Javonte's backfield moving forward. Marvin Mims um, gave you couple of explosive plays. So he had two catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. So in any places you started Marvin Mims, you were very happy, but I don't think there was many. Um, Colton Sutton, five for 66, no touchdown. Jerry Judy, in his return, only gave you three for 25. A little bit disappointing, but I think there will be better days ahead for Jerry Judy. He'll get more involved in the game as well. Samaje P. Ryan, three for 20. Javante Williams had two for 14 as well. Um, but it was Brandon Johnson who had two catches, 66 yards and a touchdown, and two touchdowns. 
touchdowns, including the Hail Mary um, that gave the Broncos a chance to tie the game on a two-point conversion. That was, want to be clear, listeners, it was P.I. Everyone knows it. We were cheated, um, but I, they didn't deserve to win. I don't even care. I'm not even going to be mad at the at the, um, at the umpires. They call them umpires in football. Um, I'm not going to be mad at the umpires. I wanted that game to end just as much as they did. Um, Sam Howe. Looked really grim in the first half. Weren't able to get anything going, but then was able to turn it all around in the second half. Finished with 299 yards and two touchdowns. Also two carries for 13 yards. Brian Robinson looks like a world beater. Absolutely dominated the share of the work in the backfield. 18 carries for 87 yards and two touchdowns to Curtis Samuels, one carry, and Antonio Gibson's two carries. Um, He's the man in the backfield. No one else is really involved there. Did also have two catches for 42 yards. Not something we've come accustomed to seeing from Brian Robinson, but when you get him, you're very happy about it. Terry McLaurin was able to bounce back just a little. Five catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown, so you were happy with the fantasy day. Um, John Bates, three for 46. Antonio Gibson, three for 42. Um, Diamond Brown, three for 25. Jahan Dotson, another disappointing game. Only gave you three for 22. I think there will be um, better games for Jahan Dotson coming up. I think he's still a good player and arguably on that same level as Terry McLaurin moving forward. I think um, they'll continue to get both wide receivers involved um, pretty evenly. All right, we've got a couple more games to go. Let's smash through these. We've got the Patriots and the Dolphins. Um, Dolphins able to get the win. Again, move to 2-0, look like one of the best teams in football, regardless of the offense, looked a little bit more sluggish, but I think this Patriots defense is solid. Um, Two are only 249 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Far removed from his massive day in week one, but, you know, I think we'll forgive Tua. Um, Raheem Mostert, incredibly good day. 18 carries, 121 yards, two touchdowns. They are far more run-heavy um, against the Patriots than they were in their week one game. I think it just becomes a, a game-planning thing. I think they were able to expose the Patriots a bit more on the ground than they were through the air. Um, receiving options, Jalen Waddle. Um, again, another solid game, four for 86. Didn't come down with the touchdown. That was Tyreek Hill, who had five catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown, so gave it another really good fantasy outing. Um, Craig Craft had two touchdowns. Salvin Ahmed, three. Braxton Berrios had a couple. And Derman Smythe um, had three catches also. Again, they continue to spread that ball around outside of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But you could argue it's 40% Jalen Waddle, 40% Tyreek Hill, and 20% everyone else as far as the passing game goes for the Dolphins. Patriots, Mac Jones. Couldn't get it done. Just couldn't get enough offense um, you know, to match it with this explosive Miami Dolphins team. 31 to 42, 231 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, nothing too much to take away from this game. Realistically, the receiving options, Devontae Parker in his first game back had six for 57. Looks like the number one there in front of Juju Smith-Schuster, who continues to be incredibly mid. Um, that's just what he is. Hunter Henry, six for 52 and a touchdown. Strung together two really good weeks now. Um, but again, he's split in time with Mike Gusecki, who had five for 33, just trying to pick when he scores a touchdown. And he, But he has continued to do that um, through his career. Hunter Henry continues to be a really good red zone weapon for the Patriots. So someone you could put in your tight end spot in a pinch if you're streaming the position. Hunter Henry is a really good option. Kendrick Bourne back down to earth, four for 29. Juju, 5 for 28. Demario Douglas had 2 for 19. Ramondre Stevenson, 3 for 10. Um, again, not too much to take away from these pass catches. You can't really trust any of them, to be honest. Um, the running back room, Ezekiel Halliard did have 5 carries for 13 yards, was far out-snapped and far um, out-produced. And the opportunities were given 
to Ramondre Stevenson realistically 15 carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, he was used on third down. He was used far more on first and second downs running. Um, I think Ezekiel realistically at this point is a handcuff for Ramondre Stevenson. Um, it's not the kind of split I think people were overreacting to um, when Ezekiel did sign. We'll move on to the Monday night games. Um, I actually got a chance to watch these in full, which was good. Um, I managed to have the night shift at work, so I didn't have to uh, work during the day. So it was good to watch the football. Um, the Panthers, not able to get enough offense um, to beat the Saints, who had their own offensive struggles as well. Bryce Young, 153 yards and a touchdown, 22 or 33. So again, just couldn't get enough going. And I think he's really struggling Um I don't think he's struggling with the NFL speed. I don't think he's struggling with reading defenses. I don't think he's making poor choices. Hasn't turned. He doesn't turn the ball over. His weapons aren't good enough. The offensive line sucks. There's no run game, and his wide receivers and tight ends aren't good. Like, what do you expect from a rookie quarterback? Um, speaking of rushing, Miles Sanders, 14 for 43, continues to be inefficient because he doesn't have the best offensive line in football. Bryce Young had a couple scrambles, two for 34. Tuba Hubbard, only two carries, so it was the Miles Sanders show in the backfield, but that show just isn't very good. He also had three catches for four yards. Adam Thielen got back into the scorer's books um, after a pretty poor week one, did have seven for 54, and a touchdown. Tuba Hubbard was the passing down um, back, gave you five for 34. Mingo had three catches, Hurst three catches, and DJ Chark had just a single catch on return. Um, Can't trust any of these wide receivers for the... Um, Carolina Panthers, and if you were trusting Hayden Hurst after a good week one performance, you were disappointed too. Um, so again, try keep them out of your lineup. Um, even if you can, try keep Miles Sanders out of your lineup. This offense just isn't producing enough points. Um, but again, if you need a running back and he's someone that's going to get 15 carries a game, it is what it is. I think you've got to, just got to temper expectations with these guys. Derek Carr, not a great statistical day. So if you did play him in fantasy, you were pretty disappointed. Um, had 228 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Um, was able to make plays when they were needed to get the job done. Um, they were pretty heavy in the run game as well, especially even before Jamal Williams went down. So he had nine carries to 29 yards before... Um, he succumbed to an injury. I believe it's a hamstring. He's looking like he's going to be out um, for some time, multiple-week injury for Jamal Williams, um, so which is interesting, having Alvin Kamara coming back next week. You imagine Kendra Miller is going to be healthy next week. I think Tony Jones will then take a back seat to those guys. Um, but he did have 12 carries for 34 yards, got into the end zone twice. So props to Tony Jones, came in and was able to, you know, win realistically win the game and do what he needed to do for the New Orleans Saints. So I'll be very happy with what he was able to give them. Um, but as far as big plays go and as far as moving the chains, it was Taysom Hill who was able to get that done for the Saints, had nine carries, 75 yards. So again, he continues just to be a pest to any sort of... Um, other fantasy option um, but I think obviously given Jamal Williams going down of any game for Taysom Hill to be pesky you were happy that it was uh, the game that you know Alvin Kamara wasn't there or Kendra Miller wasn't there you weren't expecting those guys um, to be a legit option so you just had you know you didn't have Taysom Hill ruining your day um, as far as the receiving game goes they have basically their three wide receivers set in stone and they both they all three of them continue to be relatively good options. Aside from Chris Olave, who's obviously um, arguably an elite option, who had six for 86 as well. Continued his good start to the season. Rashid Shahid gave you four for 63. Shout out Weber State. Shout out Burjo. Um, 
But then Michael Thomas, 7 for 55, got the majority of his um, action in the first half. I think the Carolina Panthers were able to um, adjust to what they were getting from Michael Thomas. He was basically just raking up first downs um, on slants. And I hate to, like, I'm the last person to call him slant boy. I love my Misa Michael Thomas. Um, but that's what he was doing. He's getting open and he's scoring, getting the first down. So um, he looks really good. I think, you know, 7.55, high target share, um, getting a lot of targets, going to get a lot of opportunities moving forward. I think Michael Thomas someone you can pretty comfortably play as a flex as well. I think eventually he gets into the end zone. I think eventually Derek Carr um, and this New Orleans Saints offense figure it out and they're able to put up a whole lot more points because they do have the talent around them. The offensive line's good and Alvin Kamara is an incredibly um, important weapon for them that's going to be coming back um, after next week. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, really gross, stinky game. Both of these defense look defenses look elite. Um, both of these offense offenses struggled. Um, against these good units. So Kenny Pickett, 15 to 30, 222 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Again, doesn't look anything like preseason Kenny Pickett. Um, may have jumped the gun on that one, Andrew, but that's fine. I forgive you. Um, Najee Harris continues to be incredibly average, 10 carries, 43 yards. Jalen Warren had six carries for 20 yards. Um, continues just to eat into that rushing work that we've sort of become accustomed to for Najee Harris. Um, you know, we're used to Najee getting pretty much all of the rushing work, all the receiving work, but Jalen Warren's carved out a pass-catching role and he's carved out a role in the running game too. So just something to monitor going forward. I think Najee Harris is someone that you've taken, you've spent a high draft pick on. You've got to try and you're almost forced to keep him in your lineups unless you have better options. You may have had a good job, done a good job of hitting the waiver wire, and you got some of these guys like a Zach Moss or like a DeAndre Swift that you're potentially able to trade for, or you got them later in your draft. You realistically may want to play them ahead of Najee Harris at this point, which. If you had told me at the beginning of the season, I would have thought you were crazy, but that's just kind of the point we've gotten to because you're not getting any explosive plays. And then if you're not getting all the work, what exactly is Najee Harris at that point? Um, as far as the passing game goes, with Deontay Johnson out, it became the George Pickens show. He had four catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. Um, only four catches, but was targeted, I believe, I think 10 times in the end. Um, and that's going to continue to happen moving forward realistically without Deontay Johnson there. So George Pickens, someone you need to keep in your lineup. Um, did have that long touchdown, catch, that catch and run, which is really good to see. Not someone you normally expect to have, you know, catch and run. He's normally a guy that uh, makes contested catches, is able to go up, um, is normally a deep threat. But then being able to catch the ball over the middle and then take it to the house is something that uh, was sort of a, a perk to George Pickens you weren't sort of used to seeing. Jalen Warren had four catches, 66 yards. Um, so, again, if you, you flexed him for whatever reason, you were really desperate. Um, you got some PPR points there. Um, Alan Robinson is not a thing. Um, two for 12. He's washed as. Um, Calvin Austin, one catch for 10 yards. Miles um, Boynkin had a catch for five. Pat Frymuth, one catch for two. Incredibly disappointing. Najee had a catch, no yards. Man's not good. The Browns, though, they end up losing this game. Because TJ Watt is an absolute game wrecker. He's arguably one of the best defensive players in football. You could argue he's the best defensive player in football if Micah Parsons were to get hit by a bus. Um, but I'd be more worried about the bus if he was hit. Um, Sean Watson, 222 of 40, 235 yards, touchdown and an interception. Looks poor. Like Looks like an average quarterback. He's looking like Baker Mayfield out there. Um, Looks average. They're paying him neck upwards of $250 million to be an average quarterback. Um, he's not giving them 
big plays. He's not giving them escape ability. He's not giving them everything that you pay for in Deshaun Watson and what we're used to seeing during his time at Houston. Um, you just hope he's able to turn this around at some point. Amari Cooper, again, continues to be productive. Someone who's questionable going into this game, and I think a lot of people left on their benches just as a precaution. But he did have 7 for 90, so for whatever reason, if he was still in there, you were happy with that performance. Njoku, 4 for 48. Elijah Moore, 3 for 36. David Bell, 3 for 27. Jerome Ford, 3 for 25. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 1 for 7. Pretty much, Amari Cooper's the only guy you can play with confidence. David Njoku being a tight end and what that landscape looks like. You can keep him in there if he's your streamer. Um, but again, it's the Amari Cooper show as far as these pass catches go. I've left this to last. I just want to say, unfortunately, we, we all saw it. I think we were, either we saw it live or we've seen it on Twitter or someone in the group chat sent the photo in or sent the video in. Um, unfortunately, Nick Chubb has sustained an incredibly significant injury um, to his knee. It's the same knee he damaged um, very severely again um, during his time at Georgia. So, unfortunately, you know, it puts a... Obviously, rules him out for the entire year, but it puts a bit of doubt surrounding the rest of his career. And, you know, from what we know about Nick Chubb, like we obviously don't know him personally, but, you know, you see what he's like in the media um, and what he's like on the field and what he's like with his teammates. Um, I think Nick Chubb will eventually make it back to the NFL with what role remains to be seen. Um, I think he will eventually make it back. He seems like an incredibly hard worker, and we wish him all the very best. Um, is going in, for, I believe, if he hasn't gone in for surgery already, I think he'll be in there in the next couple of days um, to get everything sorted out. We did have some preliminary uh, good news as far as it goes. Is He didn't have any nerve damage or anything like that. Um, isn't at risk of um, any amputation, which is wild to say out loud because um, it is just a football game after all and you know it's bigger than football when these injuries happen so Nick Chubb was incredibly good before he went out um, had 10 carries 64 yards looked like he was on his way to another massive day just like week one um, but his season's now over and obviously has derailed quite a lot of fantasy teams um, so if you are looking for a Nick Chubb replacement um, Jerome Ford filled in and was incredibly productive he's someone you need to be spending a significant amount of budget on I think on your waiver wire um, at the time of recording, they have reached out to Kareem Hunt. I think he may be back with the team. Um, we don't know that for a fact, though. We'll wait and see what is um, going to happen in the end. But Jerome Ford, I still think, after his performance um, in the absence of Nick Chubb against the Steelers, will be back into a lead role. Um, and Kareem Hunt could be back into his Kareem Hunt role. Um, but interesting because Jerome Ford's obviously a pretty accomplished pass catcher and was already in that role before this injury. But he came in and gave you 16 carries for 106 yards um, and was really, really good. That big run that he had where he got tackled down at the one-yard line was incredibly impressive. Also gave you th- uh, three carries for 25 yards and a touchdown as well. So his day could have been even bigger had he gotten into the end zone instead of being down at the one. Um, but again... As long as they don't bring in anyone, like, they don't make a trade for... I don't even know if there's anyone they could make a trade for, aside from Jonathan Taylor, which we know that's not happening. Um, That stops you from starting Jerome Ford next week and moving forward, still starting him. I think Kareem Hunt's not going to come back first week back and be, you know, significantly impacting what Jerome Ford can do for your fantasy team. So go out. I'm probably of the... 
I know some people, there's always probably going to be one person in your league that'll go out and spend their entire budget on a player like this. I think you have to spend upwards of 60% if you realistically want to get Jerome Ford. And if you've lost Nick Chubb, you're probably in that position. So I'd be happy to spend 60 to 70% of my budget to go and get Jerome Ford. He was someone that I was high on going into the offseason. If you want to scroll back and talk about sleepers and stuff like that and fantasy sleepers and dynasty fantasy football, um, it was months ago now, but I remember mentioning Jerome Ford's going to be the pass catcher and if anything were to happen to Chubb, he's going to be thrust into a workhorse role and um, unfortunately that has come to fruition. But, you know, this is what we prefer, prepare for. This is what we played for as well and making sure that your fancy teams are always ready for the worst because uh, these things do happen, sadly. So um, apologies for finishing on a bit of a sad note. Um, prayers up for Nick Chubb. Um, but thank you for listening. It was good to bring you guys uh, all the important points from week two. Make sure that you guys are you know, ready for week three and being able to, to dominate your fantasy football leagues. Um, on that note, have a lovely night. Conquer the day um, and peace. <laughs>